Welcome to the Transforming Lives Podcast, where we celebrate how God is at work in the hearts and minds of individuals and families whose lives have been transformed by excellent Christ-centered education. I am your host, Dr. Andy Goodwin, and it is my honor to share these inspiring stories for your encouragement and for the advancement of the kingdom. And welcome back to the Transforming Lives podcast. I am here with Craig and Sonny Johnson, Covenant Parents, and I am very excited to hear their story of how they've been involved in Covenant and how it has impacted their lives. Craig and Sonny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So tell me first, your family, all of your people, you've added people recently directly to the family. We have our oldest, Messina, and she is up at Indiana Wesleyan. She married Caleb Probst, so she's Messina Probst now. And yeah, they're both doing their thing up in Marion. They're living in married housing on campus. Then our second oldest is Nolan, and he's also going to Indiana Wesleyan. And he's excited, and we're excited. We're working our way through that, him moving out and doing his own thing. And then our youngest, Delaney, is a junior this year, Covenant. And she's excited to be back to school, and we're excited, and we're ready to get things rolling and get back into a rhythm and do our thing. So do you have the road to Mary and memorize, and can you do that almost with your eyes closed already? Yeah, we have been able to go up quite a bit in the last few years since Messina and Caleb have been up there and spent some time with them, going to football games, obviously moving them in, moving them out, just visiting them. But we've also tried to be really aware of giving them their space, letting them have their own place that's their new home. But yeah, we have some plans to go up and camp up near campus and spend some time with the kids there. Lots of Covenant kids there. feels like an extension of being at Covenant, so we're excited about that. Very cool. We will start then with our two questions that we always start with. What is true and good and beautiful in your life right now? I would say we are in a season of transition. And it's exciting. I think back of the time when I went off to college and grew in my faith and developed my own story, and it was exciting. That's some of the best years of my life were definitely in college. And I'm excited for the kids to be able to experience that, to make lifelong friends, to connect with people. And it's been exciting for us to see that with our oldest, for sure. For me, It is bittersweet. I don't know that there's another time in your life that you could say is more of a bittersweet time as a parent because you have been raising these people to become independent, young adults. And we definitely saw glimmers of that while they were all at Covenant. And to see that in real time, in real life, when they come back home and talk about their new friendships and how they're serving in church and just those different things, it's strange that they're not part of our immediate family, especially the two older ones now. But at the same time, it's so exciting to see that they've reached this huge milestone. And that's what you pray for. You pray that you have a front row seat to these things and you watch them become these adults that are making big life choices, but right life choices. And it's a pretty exciting time. So it's been good for us. We've had a lot of people say, aren't you so sad? Over the summer, as we graduate one from high school and the oldest one gets married, aren't you sad? Isn't this hard? No, it's not for us. Our experience hasn't been that. We keep checking in with each other. Are you okay? Like, are you feeling sad? There are times when I lay at night and I think, not everybody's here under the same roof. But at the same time, 
it's just been too exciting. The excitement of being able to watch them have those milestones has been the prevailing emotion for me personally. It's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Man, that is great. So second question we always ask to start, one passage of scripture that you have dwelled on, and what does it say? For me, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And truth right now is difficult to put your finger on in our world. And for us to have a church body, for us to have a school, and several people to go to with family and people that have mentored us and poured into us and our kids, you can see the truth all around us. We really can tap into what truth actually is. And I think if you don't create those relationships and you don't, you're not intentional about that, it's difficult to decipher, do I believe what really is true? Mm-hmm. Do I even know where to find it, who to talk to, where to go? That's probably the prevailing thought for me here recently. One of my favorite verses in the Bible has always been and probably will always be Isaiah 40, 31, and it talks about having strength and renewing that through the Lord and soaring on wings like eagles. And that kind of speaks to where our kids are at. It feels like they're spreading their wings. And while they're following the Lord and sinking into that truth, it goes back to that kind of bittersweet thing, like they're leaving the nest and they're doing that thing, but there's so many people that have poured into them and into us to prepare us for this time. We've always been told since they were little, they're not yours. They're the Lord's, and we have to steward that just like everything else we're given. And they they were never really ours to begin with, and so we are just, we're excited that they've been raised in a church family who loves them and pours into them. And while they come to us for a lot of things, there's a lot of people, a lot of adults in their life, many of them right here at Covenant, who they rely on and they go to and they stay in contact with, and that's going to serve them well their entire life. It was just the two of us. We would fail them a lot. And so it's, that verse is a big one for me. It just gives me hope. And yeah, we're just, we're excited that they have that to draw from. Really great perspective on stewardship and that we're we're living with an open hand and releasing them back to the Lord who gave them to us. Oh, it's so hard. So good. (laughs) Okay. So how did y'all become part of the covenant community? We serve at our church through the youth ministry for about 20 years. And about 10 years ago, we had this group of young men in on Sunday nights. And I remember very vividly the night I can see where they were sitting in the backyard. And we were having these very mature, intentional conversations. Not that you can't have that with high school kids, but sometimes those can be few and far between. And I remember some of these conversations. I remember just being sitting back and being blown away by not just the content, but how they spoke, the intentionality that they had, and just they were very eloquent and well-spoken. And I remember KJ and I had that conversation. Afterwards, I was like, have you ever been around young men like that? We had been doing youth ministry for, like I said, close to 10 years, and we've, we've seen the gamut. And it was only a few weeks later that we talked to one of the young men who was family was a member of the church, and he'd brought these other two guys along with him, and we found out they were all covenant students. We also spoke to another family who the dad had done driver's ed, and he had kids the same age as ours, and he, within that same time frame, came up and said, have you heard about covenant? I've got these kids in my 
driver's ed class and he's like, the young men beat me to the car to open the door. They are the first ones to ask, do I need help? They answer questions in class. They're, they're just involved and he's, there's just something different about them. And over the next five or six years, Covenant kept coming up and we weren't even in Christian education at the time. So those were some seeds that were planted and then some older ladies in church who, whose kids had come through here started speaking into my life about had I considered Christian education. And there was one particular moment, I was with one of my best friends and her mom was living with them at the time. And she asked where my kids went to school and I told her and she said, oh, is that a Christian school? Oh, no, it's a public school in her hometown. And she was like, oh, okay. And I said, we can't afford it. It's just not something that we can do right now. We weren't necessarily living hand to mouth, but we were budgeting and we were being very intentional. And a couple minutes later, she just took a deep breath and looked across the room at me and she said, sometimes you get what you pay for. I remember that kind of cutting me to the quick and it pricked my heart and then I didn't think about it. Long story short, the Lord led us to Mooresville Christian, which ultimately led us to Covenant. I know that's a roundabout way of getting here, but along the way, of our kids getting into high school, there were people in our path speaking like, hey, this is something you need to think about. I can attest to the whole village concept of raising your kids could not be more true and more important when you're trying to raise them in their faith and mm -hmm. so that they can go out and have a faith of their own. Mm -hmm. We've had conversations with our kids in the last five to six years we would not have otherwise had. We don't always agree. But we've had these amazing conversations. And I always tell people, when our kids leave here, we're not necessarily preparing them just for college or even a career. We're preparing these young people to go out into the world and work in the kingdom, whatever that looks like. So along this path of us getting here, there was a lot of people speaking into this. It was not on our radar, quite frankly. Christian education was not on our radar until it was. Yeah, Morrisville Christian went through eighth grade, so we were at a crossroads with Messina, and we were pretty confident that Covenant was the right place, and we did our interview with Donnie, and I remember him asking Messina with us, how would you describe your faith? And she had good Sunday school answers for all that, <laughs> so we finished that part of it, and she left, and he said, give us four years with her. She'll be confident. She'll know what her faith is and where she's at. And I thought, man, that's the overarching goal. That's what we want for our kids and a school that's going to help that along. That's worth every penny. Yeah, the academics and the education has always been secondary for us. I want my kids to be prepared to go on to whatever it the next thing is and have opportunities for sure we feel like we've given them a lot of opportunities but we've also feel like the most important thing is that they have an answer for their faith is it second timothy that asked always be prepared to give an answer yeah. for the faith that you have and i think as a church as a whole we have failed a lot of young people by not holding them to account we can put our kids in the car and take them to church on Sunday. We can take them to youth group. You can do all the good things. But if when they become adults and they are out there and they're spreading their wings and they aren't secure in their value that Christ has given them and they don't have an answer for their faith, it mm. doesn't matter what kind of education they have. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. I'd, if I could jump back to, you mentioned just very briefly, we don't always agree. 
Yeah. And I want to explore that a little bit more. So I'm wondering if that has to do with agreeing with what your kids have said or what they are exploring and how they're exploring it in classes, maybe both. Probably a little bit of both. I love that this is a place where they can ask the questions. Teachers are going to take the time after class, after school, to explore what they're thinking, explore what they've heard, and then ultimately let's see what the Bible says about that. Yeah. Because that's really, that's our screen for all of this. When you have that Christian moral compass behind the conversations, we can be pretty confident that's where it's going to land and that's where it has landed. Yeah, they'll come home and have conversations, especially as they got into their junior and senior year. They would come home and say, hey, this is what we talked about. What do you guys think of this? And we would give our opinion, but also want to know, what do you think of it? They already knew because they'd already been given that opportunity at school. The critical thinking skill that they've been taught, along with their study skills and all the many other things you could throw in their toolbox, they've honed those skills here in the classroom, outside of the classroom, that the open door policy of the teachers here, come talk to me and I'll make time for you. And I care about you outside of the classroom. I've been met outside of the doors on multiple occasions over the last five or six years asking about my kids. Not how are, hey, I want to talk to you about what's going on in the classroom, but how are your kids? I know X, Y, and Z is going on at home. Or, hey, now that and now that she's graduated, you know, what's going on with them now? And so, so I think they know this is a safe place. They know this was a place while they may not agree with every other student or every other idea coming at them, they could go back and find out what they thought about it. They were given those, those places to grow and flex and decide, okay, I've got some resources on that. I can go back and check that. But then I can apply what I, what does that mean to me? And how does that work in my life? And that's been huge for our kids as they've grown and gone on. Okay. So what have been the challenges of being parents? Uh, That could probably just stand alone and we could talk about that for a, a long time. Yeah. But maybe we could zero it in for high school and becoming parents of adult kids (laughs) that is a loaded question here where life is right now (sighs) technology Mm. i think our biggest points where we clash with our kids right now is being wanting to be on the phone Mm. wanting to be on the computer all the time really managing what's priority has been tough yeah. That's been, we probably spend most of our time working together like, what can we do to manage this and create the best opportunity for our kids to be engaged in other things besides social media, gaming, I think TV, as they've gotten older, they realize the value outside of those things. But there is that time frame early on in high school. I think that's just life though too, prioritizing time. Whatever you're saying yes to, essentially you're saying no to something else. So we try to teach them that on a broader scale. Listen, you're missing out on real life things because your nose is in this. And and I think that can be applied to a lot of things, relationships and just all those things like making sure that you're being poured into by the right voices, whether that's social media voices, whether that's relationships outside of that. I always tell my kids, you're, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so if, whether that's in real life 
or if it's the world. I think that's IRL is what you call IRL it. in real life, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a challenge, but I would also say that for me, the challenge is finding out that line between are you asking my advice or how much do I want you to figure this out on your own? We're now in advisory roles with the oldest two. We, As they got into their senior year, not that there were no rules, but they had to deal with whatever the consequences were of those decisions, whether how late they stayed up at night, how much time did they spend on their phone, where am I going, what am I doing within those safe confines of home. But now... We don't, especially at the older two, they're out. They're doing their own thing. And that's hard as a parent. You've gone from putting them in a car seat, buckling them in, strapping their bike helmet on, (laughs) taking them to youth group. And then as they grow slowly, you're not strapping them in anymore. You're riding next to them while they're driving with a permit. You're dropping them off at their first day of college. You have to slowly, as those things are happening, step back. You are not a primary player as much as you were. So I think that's a big challenge for me is just knowing when to speak into their lives. When are they asking me to speak into their lives and having earned the right to be able to do that? Uh, I've watched parents of high schoolers come in and say things like, I blinked and she's a freshman. I blinked and he's graduating. So how would you advise parents who are maybe caught up in the busyness and the headaches and the there's so much going on and as far as slowing down and drinking it all in (laughs) how have you all navigated that how are you thinking about it now with the experience we've had with youth ministry we got to we got to see a little bit in those years of these are kids So they're going to make their choices and they're going to have their consequences that go along with them. But taking the time to slow down, like that's not easy. But we try to really be intentional that when it's time to turn it off and go and be at their events, if they've got stuff going on with school, to be at school, those are the moments that I'm so glad that I put the computer away and left the office or did whatever I needed to do to be at that, to be there, to be a part of it. Because now it's a family. Now we really feel like we've got a group of people here at Covenant that we've grown with, that we've been able to tap into, to serve alongside. Again, that have poured into us and poured into our kids. And if we wouldn't have slowed down and taken that time, we wouldn't have had the benefits and the joys of all of those events. Yeah, I think it's a lot like serving in your local church. If you step away for a moment and just step back and look at things, you watch, I've been able to watch relationships grow here, not just with my kids, myself, but other people. And I just was talking to someone about how the kingdom of God, while it's huge, it's also very small if you're intentional about connecting. And being able to serve here, volunteer here, has gone a long way for us to feeling like part of this family and I encourage people to do that. Our family has grown because we never plan on this not being part of what we're doing. We want to always be part of the Covenant family. Our oldest was married and when they started praying about and thinking about who they wanted to marry them, Donnie Fishburne was their officiant. (laughs) He and Karen traveled down to Florida to spend some time with our family and married Messina and Caleb. I think that speaks volumes, number one, about who Donnie is and 
how much he cared about our kids and poured into our kids, but maybe even more than that, how much our kids, our family sees covenant as an extension of our family. And it's just that I, we had people walk up to us, who is this guy, Mary? Like people who didn't, who aren't, didn't live here, that don't know him. Who is this? Is not one of your ministers marrying him? No, he is a administrator. He's a teacher at the school that poured into their lives individually and now is standing here holding them accountable to this commitment they're making. And we tell people that they're like, wow, that's huge that they got to know him that well, that that you guys are so connected, that those people so care about your kids. That's not only something they were willing to do, but he was excited to do. That's why we continue to encourage people to look into not just Christian education, but covenant as an option, because that's helped us transition them to adulthood. Having these people pour into their lives, in the classroom, outside of the classroom. It's an intangible that you can't measure that. If somebody had told you coming into it, hey, the dean of students, (laughs) the guy that's supposed to hold students accountable and those things is going to officiate your daughter's wedding, would you have been like, "Mm, I don't think so? No, that would have been probably weird, especially in light of what you said about her sitting across from him, not knowing, not fully compromised comprehending her own faith or taking responsibility for her own faith. And now here are these two people who did all their premarital counseling together. No, it's very cool, though. But again, I think it solidifies why we're so passionate about Covenant. Yeah, we realized really early on, so Messina, her freshman year, was running cross-country. And the cross-country coach at the time was a teacher here as well. And he, on Friday night, walked one of the girls out for her senior night during the during the football game they were honoring the seniors stepped out there as her father figure because her dad was not in the picture and i thought wow that's pretty awesome and then later on during the game we found out that same teachers on sunday was going to baptize one of the kids on the cross-country team at church (laughs) and i thought this place is different something's yeah we hadn't even been here a month it was I don't think it's a secret. We can tell. It was Tyler Wildman. Yeah. I mean, I was like, this is something that is going to be good for us because look at how many people it's already blessed ahead of us. And Mm. none of those had to do with the classroom. No. Those were all opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we were like, yeah, we're done. This is it. Yeah. We were Uh, sold out. So... You all have led with relationships and community and Mm -hmm. gospel work, and that is is fantastic. I'm glad that you've experienced that and seen that. How do you all talk about excellence and achievement and purpose of education? You talked about, hey, whatever they do. You Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily say, and now when they go to college, when they do. How do you all talk about that as a family, excellence and achievement and purpose of education? One of the things we've talked about, because Nolan was considering a trade school or a gap year or some different things, and ultimately when he came down to it, decided to go on to college, and we're already having those conversations with Delaney, and she knows the expectation isn't college. The expectation is whatever, do it well and unto the Lord. And when we tell people about when we tell people that, I think some people are a little, oh, you're not requiring them. No, we have very few requirements. But whatever it is, it has to be done well. And when we tell people about covenant, we say the same thing. That's the same thing that's being modeled. Whether it's the head of school, whether it's the head of the Bible department, whether it is the cross-country coach, the maintenance crew, 
everything there is done with excellence. So they've seen that modeled. They've seen their dad model excellence in work. Whatever you're doing, you're working unto the Lord. And I think our kids know that. I think we tried to instill that in them. I have a tendency to try different things. I like to... That's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) I just... A 40-hour-a-week-at-a-desk job was never what I was created for. And so we try to find where their passion meets their God-given skill set. And I think more often than not, that isn't necessarily in a job that you are required to have a degree in. It's working unto the Lord, working hard, and being able to still serve and do all those things. So, yeah, I think we have tried to really impress upon them. You don't have to have a degree to do this. There are some things you do. I think secondary education or higher education is super important. For us, Bible college was huge from the relational standpoint, from obviously the education, but and it served us well in our jobs and different things that we've done, but it's by no means been a requirement. Yeah, the excellence and achievement has been important for us, but What we spend a lot of time talking to the kids about is what kind of legacy Mm. are you going to leave behind and their friends because that really is what changes people's minds about you as a person, about who you run with, is how do you do your day-to-day, what does it look like, and does it model Christ? That's been more of our focus than even the academic excellence and achievement. There's an award given out for each sport called the Joshua Award to one student that mm-hmm. exemplifies leadership qualities, Christ-like qualities. You want your kid to be MVP. You want your kid to be most improved. We were lucky enough for Nolan to win that Joshua Award his, his senior year in tennis. And that was the most exciting thing I could do was text Caleb, my, my son-in-law now, and say, hey, we've got two Joshua Award winners in our family now. Oh, wow. That's the kind of thing that, that I would hang my hat on. Mm-hmm. The Mm -hmm. academic stuff, it's great. But what kind of legacy are you leaving? Yeah, I almost always tell new families when they come in, hey, are your kids playing a fall sport? And if they aren't, or if they are, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I think it's so important for them to get involved in something at the beginning. For us, it was cross country with Messina. For Nolan, it was tennis. And I always tell people, one of the best kept secrets at Covenant is Mr. Bird. I don't think he's a secret anymore, but he he has created an environment with tennis that is an extension of what Covenant's doing. It's a microcosm of what is going on a bigger scale here. He's created an environment of excellence. Whether you are number one tennis player and you've been playing since you could walk, whether you decided to pick up a racket yesterday and show up at practice, which our kids did. There's an understanding of how we're going to treat each other, how we're going to treat our opponents, and how are we modeling Jesus to so many of these other young people and families who maybe have never run into Christians or had an experience that was uplifting in a sports event. We're memorizing scripture. The kids have locked into their hearts all the memory verses that Mr. Bird has done over the last six years that we've been part of the tennis program. And he models that in his life. It's not just an expectation for the for the players, for the athletes. It is an expectation for himself, his family. Yeah. That's great. You all have spoken very positively about Christian education, about mm-hmm. Covenant, about MCA. It can't all be just fantastic all the time. What are the challenges of 
being a part of Christian education? Yeah, I'm on an elder board at the church now, and we've had friends who have been on boards of, of Christian schools. And sometimes you just don't want to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> That's a blessing. Because, again, it's people. We're all sinful. We've all got that tendency to think about ourselves ahead of others. And it's not going to be perfect. No school's perfect. No church is perfect. No family's perfect. It's going to have its growing pains. It's going to have its conflict. It's going to have all the things, which we've experienced all those over the last, what, six years now here at Covenant. But again, it goes back to we're all working from the same playbook. This is not like we're coming from two different angles on this. Let's, we can sit down, we can resolve conflict, we can work through the growing pains. We can rely on God's word and God to bless through all of that. Yeah, the biggest challenge for me personally is I come from a very large family. That is, I think at this point, maybe five, maybe almost six generations deep being in our local school system. My dad was an educator. My mom was an educator. I was at least fourth generation. I think our kids would have been fifth generation staying in that same local school system. We, when we get involved in something, we get involved. My family's always been very involved in and still very much are in our hometown. So when we decided as a family that we were going into private Christian education, I really thought the biggest challenge would be telling my family and their reaction. I think there's a lot of assumptions made on both sides of what does that mean? Why are you doing that? Do you, you know, and, and I think there's some, in some ways there's no way around that. But there has been a challenge when you go to a school that's essentially a commuter school. You are, or it felt like to me I was giving up some of those traditional things that my family had been doing for decades and being involved. And on that specific note, what I thought I was giving up, I more than made up. What we got in return was exactly what our family needed. And there have been traditions and things here now that are so special to us and things that we will always be involved in. But I think the assumption with some people can be, oh, this wasn't good enough or that wasn't good enough. And that wasn't the case. What we decided and prayed about was what was best for our family. And the financial sacrifices that we made, while they were painful, especially in those first few years of trying to decide what gives, again, we feel like have paid off in a lot of different ways. But yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge for me in raising them in Christian education is the assumptions other people make, the assumptions I made. It's a very personal decision. And it has to be something you've prayed about and you've considered and you've talked to other people about and then ultimately you commit to for whatever reason, whether it's an educational reason or spiritual reason or whatever that is. It was hard to drive that 30 minutes every day back and forth. But we've said financially, logistically, and even from just a time perspective, we do it all over again a hundred times over. Okay. So y'all don't live around the corner. No, sir. No. And yet... <laughs> You were very involved, and of course you had all considerations of a very tightly knit community and town and legacy of being involved there and just a mile down the road and now several miles down several roads. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people talk about the inconvenience and the magic of the commute. Now your kids are driving yeah. and those things, and right? Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for that. Praise the Lord. 
But you also spend a lot of time with them, yeah. strapped in, first behind and right beside you, and then you're learning from it. Is there a, a, something that you miss about those times? Maybe the inconvenience not, but was there some magic that happened in the commute that you would ask people to consider? Yeah, that opportunity, uh, we spend a lot of weekends on a boat with our kids. <laughs> and that's another perfect opportunity where they can't get away from you. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a captured audience and you can definitely spend some time chatting through things, really understanding what's going on with them and their friends and take time to pray, take time to reflect and get together what's going to happen that day, what's going to happen that week, what are they struggling with, what do we need to buckle down on and work hard on this week, who do we need to make contact with. As they get older now, they're managing a lot of the communication themselves with their teachers, but they still got to be prompted. So it's a good time to be like, okay, did you send that email? Do you have that paperwork filled out? Mm. Did, we got a game on Tuesday night and you got the football game on Friday and you got a test on Thursday. When are you going to take mm -hmm. time to get ready for that test? Or when are you going to get that assignment done? Where are you at on your worldview paper? All the things. You, it's a nice time for us yeah. to reflect on some of that and get prepared. I will be honest. The whole taxi cab driving <clears throat> thing is one of my least favorite things. And my husband will tell you. Yeah. The destination has always been my goal. <laughs> the journey, not as much. But I have learned, especially as I've watched this time slip away, I value it more and more. And so if you're a young mom or a young dad or if you're in the middle of that, it is going to, first of all, it's going to it's gonna be gone before you know it. And then you're going to be watching them on Life 360 and willing the Lord to get them there. But, yeah, they're right there. They're right there within earshot. And that commute, I remember eight years ago when we were like, oh, eight years of this, eight years of driving up here. Should we sell our Should house? Should we move? move? We had that conversation. Yeah. But it has created so many other opportunities. And I guess that's what we'll call them. I didn't see them as opportunities early on opportunities to stay here at school yeah you've got a two-hour break before whatever's coming mm -hmm. you stay there and you study so now they've made connections with people in the commons or teachers that they maybe would not have i'm or, or we're gonna go out to dinner before the game yeah. because we're not gonna go home yeah that's silly that's we've, the opposite direction of where we're heading yeah we've spent a lot of time so on this side of town it's created a lot of family time yeah. that we would have probably not otherwise had it and one thing I will say to that has been a huge blessing to us. We have a lot of friends who are family on that side of town, and the carpool thing has been a huge blessing. So if you're in a situation where you just say, I don't know yeah. how I'm going to make that work, I guarantee somebody else is thinking the same thing, and there's some help for that. I'd say see it as an opportunity as much as you can, but, man, it just goes by so quickly, and I drive twice that, knowing what I know now. So inconvenience can create community and, and great dinner time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. That's awesome. All right. Wrapping up, our closing question. One book that you think everyone should read. I'm a book nerd, so this would be hard, except for there is one that always rises to the top for me. There's two. There's one called Hind's Feet in High Places, and it is fantastic and the author's name is fully escaping me right now, but it, it, I read it in a really low place in between high school and college, and it's beautiful. It's hind's feet in high places. 
The second one, and this is the one that I tell everyone, especially my girls, is redeeming love. Just that story of God continually chasing us. He's continually, he's always there, even when it feels like he's not there. We just trust that there's always a safety net. The Lord is always there to pick you up. He's always there to rescue you. And I just think it's a, the first time I read it in college, did not know it was based on a book of the Bible. Had no idea. Second time I read it, it spoke to me completely differently, but that's one of my favorite books. And mm-hmm. I, my girls have read it and it's awesome. Yeah, I am not a book nerd, so I've not read lots and lots of books, but there's a couple books that come to mind. I am a big Duck Dynasty fan, and I love Phil Robertson. Okay. And he wrote a book called Happy Happy, and it works through the history of their family and him starting the duck call business. There's a lot of things that I have pulled from that, starting my own business, and it was like the push I needed, along with my wife, pushing me along to do that, to take that leap. And then he has released another book called Unfiltered, which is basically the story of him being canceled. Mm. When A&E took him off the show, he really doesn't do anything but preach the gospel to anybody that'll listen. And he takes every opportunity to do it. Every opportunity he has, he's gonna preach the gospel. What a challenge to the rest of us, because that's, not the first thing that you typically think of when you have a platform is I'm going to preach the gospel here but we can do it wherever we're at anytime any day and that's what we should be doing so yeah both those books fantastic <laughs> Craig and Sonny thank you so much the transforming lives podcast is a production of Covenant Christian High School in Indianapolis Indiana to discover more about minds enlightened, hearts inflamed, and lives transformed, visit our website at covenantchristian.org.